0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure.
1: Welcome everybody to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. I'm your host, Pat Denine. I have a very special guest today. We're going to run down the whole AEW All Out card from last night. Um, probably what, in my opinion, was the best pay-per-view uh, all year like for pro wrestling in general. So uh, she loves wrestling, gaming, and most importantly, craft beer. Uh, welcome to the show, Brie.
0: Hi, hey Pat. It's so good to be finally recording with you after such a just hectic week. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we get to talk about this wonderful baby that happened on a really long weekend. It can really kind of kickstart, you know, the next short week coming up and the weekend getting close is just good stuff all around. So I'm really happy to join. Can't wait to talk about the card.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you being here and uh, taking the time out. Um, honestly, probably one of the most excited, uh, Again, that I am about wrestling pay-per-views and to review this uh, from top to bottom. But I have a question um, regarding craft beer before we get to the wrestling. All right. So um, I was doing my research and they said the seven best craft beer breweries in the North Carolina area. Can I run them down and tell me yay or nay on your behalf?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some that I don't know, but okay. uh, hopefully the ones that you do have are things that I'm aware of and I can give my opinion.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, they're all in different areas for the most part uh, throughout North Carolina. So the first one that came to mind, um, what a name. Have you ever heard of S-Clown Brewing Company in Corn- Cornelius?
0: No, actually, I haven't.
1: I was like, what a name. I was like, I wonder if Bree knows about this.
0: Very interesting. No, I actually haven't heard of that one.
1: And there is also um in Cornelius, D-9 Brewing Company. Does that ring a bell? D-9,
0: no.
1: All right, don't worry. We got five more. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> how about this one is in Asheville? actually i was wondering wicked weed brewing
0: yes i like wicked weed is wicked really good yep they have a really good beer that i enjoy it's the pernicious um it's like a purple can they also have like um a dr hazy which is i which is like a hazy ipa very very rich and very um and i'm not an ipa person i'm not really a hazy IPA person but i will drink the wicked weed ones they're actually really good
1: All right, so we got one so far. How about, um, (laughs) this one's based out of a Farmville, I believe, a Duck Rabbit craft brewing. Ever hear that?
0: I've heard of them. I've actually heard of them. I haven't had one of their beers yet, but from what I've seen on Untapped, which is like a, it's like an app for people who like beer and try beer and they can grade it based off of how much they like it and the taste. Um, I, I've seen pretty mixed reviews. Um, I've seen them. I just never had a moment or a time to actually go get some and drink it.
1: All right. How about uh this one's out of Boone, Appalachian Mountain Brewery? Yep. What do you give Heard a thumbs of up?
0: Appalachian, huh? Give it the thumbs up. Yeah, I will give that one the thumbs up. They have a good, um, I think they have one called Calabash. It's a white ale. And um, you will see it in stores a lot. It's really good. It's very good for like summer okay. light drinking. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll document all this because uh, I know. I mean, I'm interested in it, but uh, a buddy of mine would definitely appreciate this uh, feedback. And how about Full Steam Brewery out of Durham?
0: Yeah, I've been to Full Steam. It's beautiful, beautiful building. Great drinks all around. Um, you will find them pretty much at any store around here because it's local, and I live in Raleigh. Durham's right up the street. Okay. Um, <laughs> they have a really they have a good selection of stuff um i think my one of my favorites is their humidity um that is also a like a hazy drink it's very hoppy uh Mm -hmm. but you know if i'm in the mood i will i will definitely buy it and and give and drink it thumbs up thumbs up for for that
1: okay very Mm -hmm. good and Last but not least, I believe it's called Mother Earth Brewing in Kinston. Is it Kinston? Is that how you pronounce Kinston, it?
0: Kinston, North Carolina. Yep. Okay. So I've had I've had one of their beers and I I think it was at a restaurant. It's really good. Um, you won't see it much off, you won't see it much, um, especially with a lot of the smaller breweries are in um, smaller places, um, getting their stuff distributed out to um, bars, restaurants, um, and to stores can be kind of hard for the smaller ones um but i was i was fortunate enough to try it in wilmington north carolina I went to the beach give okay. it a some oh, bullshit
1: yeah wow some pretty good feedback from from all these places that you are familiar with it's good to know i'm excited because i'm going to my first aew dynamite next week here in new jersey um what actually special? just purchased the tickets this morning as a matter of fact uh, i was i was glad they still had tickets because mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember, but. This was supposed to be where the original blood and guts was supposed to be last March 2020 before mm-hmm. the pandemic, and then I think it got postponed to July, and then I believe February, and now finally, you know, I was able to get a ticket this morning, so I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I know you had mentioned in the past that you've been, but they, they haven't been there in a couple of years since the beginning, is that, is that what you said?
0: That is correct. So I went the first time that they came to uh, Charlotte. Um, Charlotte's about a, a two and a half hour drive. Um, that was back when Cody did his Silver Spin promo. Um, okay. I don't. I don't know if you remember. I think it was before they had um, one of the pay per views. I think it was like full year. Um, and then they came back about two months ago, when I went to their, um, their show there. So pretty much the only show that I've missed probably was due to the pandemic. I'm pretty sure 2020, if it allowed it, they would have came back to Charlotte again. It really is a great environment. I mean, there, of course, has its pros and cons, but right. um, to be able to go to your first AEW show... Um, it's exhilarating, exciting. You're around a lot of like-minded people who want to see the people that you know succeed or even fail. But at least you're around people who like know wrestling for the most part. A lot of my IRL friends are not into wrestling like I am. Sure, um, but I mean, this is a. It definitely opens up a opportunity to network with people who are very much like-minded. Um, you'll find some really cool people there. And um, just like waiting in line even was such a cool experience um, just to be able to talk to matches with people while in line. And right. it's not it's not really a lot of kids there. So you can be a little bit more um, guess, around the edges. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I use mature. I think that was a nice term for it, but um, really fun time. Really fun time, both times I've gone.
1: I got to say, I'm looking forward to it because I know I was torn because I was like, I'll, you know, everything costs. So I was like, there's there's a show on the 15th in Jersey and then in Queens and 22nd. That's when they're doing the big Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium, the tennis facility. So I was thinking about that, but I was like, let me just stay local, being Newark's a little closer to me. So, mm-hmm. um, But those are going to be two back-to-back, probably great shows, especially with the momentum from All Out. And then right here in the tri-state area, I'm like, it's going to be great. I'm so excited.
0: Well, I'm excited for you. I would, um, you know, Thank have you. it beer for me. Will do. Take will a do. lot of pictures.
1: Definitely will. I'm a picture buff. I'm, a, I'm like that annoying friend that's like always taking pictures and videos. And at the time, mm-hmm. they're annoyed. But like months later, they're like, I'm so glad you did that. I'm like, see?
0: Yeah. So you can keep <laughs> memories and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. So I did the same. I saw you said that you uh, rewatched All Out today. I didn't even waste any time. And this isn't something that I typically do either. Watch the pay-per-view, especially immediately following watching it. I actually stayed mm-hmm. up last night and I watched it back to back. I was exhausted. I went to bed wow. at probably four, 4.30 in the morning. Um, but it was just so exciting. I couldn't even wait till today to watch it. So um, did you enjoy mm-hmm. it just as much today?
0: I did. That's the weird part is that I knew that it was going to be, you know, I one, as I tweeted, I don't really re-watch pay-per-views. Like once I watch it, You know, I've I've digested it, and if there is a match or two that I would want to go back and re-watch, you know, I'll go and do that, but I won't go through the whole pay-per-view. This was like the first time I actually went through the whole pay-per-view again, only because I really wanted to see, there was not really a match on there, I guess, besides um, Paul and um, QT that I I was like, "I, I have to see it again. There's just, you know, I, as soon as the replay became available, I was like, I can't wait to see Punk. I can't wait to see the Kenny Omega. I can't wait to see all of the new debuts. And, you know, that was new stuff, and that was new for me because I don't really rewatch pay-per-views. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, and I think it just was, it was good to rewatch it because, you know, I could then retake back everything and really process a lot of what happened and thinking about the future, while watching it, like what it means to have all these new folks come into the company, but then also, you know, where are the rest of the storylines going? God is getting me really prepared and excited for like a dark De- elevation and a dark, AW Dark and AW Dynamite and Rampage. It's like it definitely helped me put in perspective what could happen on those shows now.
1: Yes. And, I, and if I could just uh, say real quick, and then I want to elaborate on what you were just saying before we got on air. You recently had put out a tweet. If you don't mind me saying it, I think it was a really awesome point. Um, Even me, myself, like I've been watching dynamic dynamite consistently and rampage the last three weeks, but I haven't watched dark uh, all that much or even uh, elevation. So you had said uh, we need to start investing in AW dark and AW dark elevation. We all uh, including myself cannot complain about the lack of homegrown talent, inclusion, et cetera. Um, Then you went on to say, um, you know, having a person of color holding a significant title means nothing to me if you're just going to have them lose it embarrassingly fast, a la Bianca Belair. I was highly upset about that as well. Um, Or even, like we all said, she got Kofi. I was not a fan of that either a year and a half ago. Um, It's as bad as not having any folks in main runs that look like me. So I, I just want you to, you know, you know, piggyback on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I there's, well... <sighs> Let me just back up. So there's there were a lot of tweets going around at the end of All Out about, you know, the lack of diversity within AEW, which, you know, I've called out multiple times. I'm really not a fan of AEW without noting its criticism. It's just not, it's not conductive to anything that you like. If you don't ever criticize it, it doesn't understand what it ever is wrong my cat just ran up my desk
1: um
0: (laughs) so sorry if you hear that stunning no that's all all right maybe your cat
1: wants to make a cameo it's all right
0: um so you can't really uh, something can't really grow and mature and be better without people being like hey here's your here are ways and things that you can do better um you just don't grow that way you don't grow into a good person without realizing you have faults. The same thing happens with um things like wrestling, things like uh anything really. So when those tweets really were coming out, um while I do agree that there needs to be more diversity in AEW, I- I'm sure there are records upon records of tweets that I've made about it. Um, we also can't then not invest in the talent that's trying to come up. There's a lot of people of color on those dark shows and dark elevation but I rarely see people tweeting about them so you know how is Tony Khan supposed to know that you know you really like certain wrestlers when you're not talking about them and you're not trying to you know get their names out and you have thousands of followers or hundreds of followers and you're not tweeting about them but you're also surprised why you know why are they not on the main roster why are they not headlining pay-per-views well you're not talking about them but you are talking about Chris Jericho. You are talking about Hangman. Um, whether that's good or bad, they're still getting publicity. right? So as a business, what they're going to do is they're going to put up the people that have been making the most noise, who have been making the rounds on social media because that's what they see um, that we want or maybe don't want. For good or bad, um, those people that are in those those other shows that come on Monday and Tuesday um, they need to be watched and they need to be recognized as being part of the group and talent. If you see someone that you like, um, nine times out of ten, Tony Khan will put them on the main shows and put them in the in the main roster.
1: Yeah, he's good uh, like that.
0: Yeah, and it, he's done it before. He'll continue to do it again. He did it with Red Velvet. He did it with Jade. Um, he did it with uh, Dana Garcia. He did it with a couple of people who were on Dark, making a lot of appearances on dark people when people were watching the shows and really talking about them and then you start to see the dynamite then you start to see them in per views
1: and and honestly to add to that um like you said jade red velvet a 2.0 daniel, daniel garcia everybody that they have brought to the main stage dynamite rampage it's worked out incredibly um especially Incredible. jade and red velvet over the past year but of course what was it 2.0 they were ever rise and nxt i believe uh yeah. and daniel Garcia. They are, I'm booked perfectly. The momentum is incredible uh, with, with CM Punk and Darby and stuff. So they really have a, a good knack for pulling up the right people. And a lot of that is due to, um, like you said, uh, on Dark or Dark Elevation, uh, the people saying, hey, like we want to see more of said person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important to, to really invest in those shows, I think, um, because if you're, you're continuing to watch the flagship, um, as you can see, they're still pushing the same people, but that's because, you know, one, a lot of those folks were with the company when it started, back when dark and dark elevation weren't a thing. The people who were pulled up, um, homegrown, not, you know, XWW people. Uh, A lot of them did come from those shows, um, and I think maybe at some point there has been a drop in viewership for Dark and Dark Elevation, but I think that really needs to change if people really want to see more folks uh, that look like them or that they identify with because a lot of those people are on those shows, putting on really good matches for those shows. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the flip side of that, you know, I don't want someone who looks like me to hold the title just for looking like me if that makes sense like obviously the representation matters but like i said in the tweet I, I i there's really no point in having someone who looks like me holding the title who's worked so hard who's gained all this momentum and, and have them lose in less than a minute i think it's really embarrassing and it's a point that people don't really talk about when they're talking about diversity that there's a flip side to that like you know i it doesn't mean anything if Bianca loses in 26 seconds. It doesn't mean anything if Kofi loses in 26 seconds. Like, we also need to talk about that, that their runs need to be respected more when they do get them.
1: And, and you know, like the two you said, like with Brock, with Kofi, and, uh, of course, Becky with uh, Bianca Belair, they were both not only so abrupt, but it was both uh, of them with their returns, right? They were I don't know how long Brock was out at the time. Obviously, Becky was out for the better part of a year or so. But it's like, okay, we're back, boom. Just throw the title on them, and it's like it discredits that whole entirety of, of their of their run as champion and everything that led up to it, the chase and and it's very disheartening. I, I think for any wrestling fan, but especially you know a person of color. You see Kofi Kingston, Bianca Belair. This is history in the making. You know, both at WrestleMania thirty five and WrestleMania thirty seven making such history, and then just like that, poof, in a blink of an eye. It's like okay, back to regularly scheduled programming, and, and that should not be. It should not be it.
0: Absolutely absolutely so that's why you know there's there's two sides of this whole, of this argument and both are very valid um mm-hmm. and i and i want to be careful not to sound as if you know i guess having diversity is good i don't want it to be there for the sake of being there i want i want good wrestlers who are black who are hispanic who are asian and those do exist um but i do want to be careful that once we get them there like have respect for their run have respect for the work that they put in for the titles don't have them lose knowing that they've gained all that momentum and gained all that popularity um because that's something real that wwe has done now twice and a lot of people have not been happy about it um and have brushed off them losing as well let's just see where it goes Well, we already saw where it went with the whole Kofi situation. Like, Kofi still hasn't been in a title shot, I think, since that whole thing went down. I think they tried at one point kind of softly, but then they kind of just forgot it.
1: They gave him that brief stint two or three months ago with Bobby Mm -hmm. Lashley, where they had just had Kofi ragdolled in that pay-per-view. I believe it may have been Money in the Bank. Or or the one prior to that. But that was it. It wasn't a true opportunity. And A, it took a year and a half, which is ridiculous. It's not like in the coming weeks he got to fight Brock or whomever. And then B, the whole Lashley thing was, I don't even know why it really happened. Lashley's a monster, but they just made Kofi look incredibly weak. And then that was it. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you got your title shot out of pay-per-view. And and boom, back to right right where you were in the tag team uh, title picture, which is kind Mm -hmm. of the consolation prize they gave him shortly after uh, losing to Brock. They threw him in a tag uh, title picture. They gave him a tag titles again, two or three times. And mm-hmm. It's like, all right, back to kind of where you belong in the sense of like, you're great, but like, we're going to keep you in more of like a mid card role because we don't see you right as champion going forward or as a true contender. And right. uh, it's just not right.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So I think that obviously those, these are both aspects in which both companies need to work on
1: full sure. stop. Big time. So before we get into, I just have a, a couple questions before we jump into this review uh, real quick. Who are your two favorite AEW wrestlers, male and female right now?
0: So if I was to do female, so it would probably be, Oh, that's hard. So I really like Chris Statlander. So I'll go ahead and say I was a fan of her since sure. day one, back when she was on dark. Um, and I think the next one would probably be Jade Arkell. I really do like Jade. Um, and I think anytime she does wrestle, it's very important because they really do a lot of build up to her fighting. Um, and when she does fight, she looks like a monster in the ring. So absolutely love her and absolutely love Chris Statlander. Obviously, it's super hard to pick two favorites because, I mean, there are other people that can be in that realm of my favorite. Yeah. In terms of male, um, I really like Hangman, Adam Page. Yeah. Um, always liked him ever since and I can't really remember when he debuted to be honest but um from all the matches I did see I really really did enjoy him and second person second male would be dang that's hard
1: it's difficult especially with all the talent they keep it seems like every week they have like a new big star coming in so it's difficult they have a
0: new person coming in all the time you know and geez I mean hangman I guess maybe I guess I, I guess I can safely now say CM Punk, right? He's yeah, was, absolutely. absolutely. So I watched a lot of his matches back when the WWE Network was still a thing. And you should, like, look up matches based off of um, roster. Uh, so I think it was one weekend that I spent just kind of watching every single pay-per-view um, that, or it pay-per-view and show that, you know, CM Punk had either a promo in or had a fight in. Um, And, you know, for a while that through that seven years, I was like, well, it kind of sucks. I wasn't really watching wrestling while he was still wrestling, you know, and I always have the memories. I guess it all needs to be YouTube. And when he came back, I was like, oh, shoot, dude, I can like actually watch this guy wrestle now. And, you know, I can finally be a fan of a existing person product that houses. him. And so that's really exciting. You know, being able to be a fan of someone who wasn't wrestling at the time um and having to like live precariously through other people who um who did see him wrestle. Um it's a good feeling to finally be like, well now I can actually be like a fan. Right.
1: Actively have... see his booking week in, week out.
0: Exactly. That's exactly. what I'm
1: excited about too. Like next week I'm sure he'll be at at AW Dynamite. And I had only seen him uh, live once. I think it was twenty thirteen in Brooklyn at a at a house show, WWE Live. I, I think I saw him. That was probably what like Four or five months before he left, actually, so that was really cool, and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. um So, what was your favorite match of the night?
0: Favorite match of the night? I'm trying to think, because All Out was so good, mm-hmm. right? Honestly, I would have to give it to. I probably would have to give it to Britt and Chris. Okay. I- have to give it to them because while chris lost um she looked like an absolute superstar and to be honest to see someone come up from dark to dynamite up to all out um with chris satlander who i thought was so talented and while she was green i was like this girl's going somewhere um, it looked like Britt put all put her over i mean she really made chris look like a star Brit herself already already was a star looking like a star. Um, I just really liked that match. It was was really good. It was really clean, precise. It didn't end early, but it didn't go on too long. It was just perfect just the way that it was when she hit the Panama. I saw that.
1: Yeah, Adam Cole confirmed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think everyone was like, because I watched it um, with some family, and we all were like, hmm. I wonder what that means. I guess Adam Cole coming at some point because we didn't hear anything about his contract. It was like radio silence back yeah. when he, his contract expired Friday. So we were like, okay, possible, maybe. And then what happened at the end of the night? So um, that was really good. It foreshadows something that was happening later in the show. I love that Tony continues to do that and mm. kind of easter eggs throughout the shows and the pay-per-views and the one thing I really did like about that pay-per-view in general, speaking of that, is that it seems like a lot of the pay-per-views really, they feel like really long versions of Dynamite. It doesn't take itself too seriously in the sense that it's a pay-per-view and everything has to be structured. And the thing about WWE was that when they put on a pay-per-view, it's like, here's the matches, here's the matches, here's the matches, see Monday. Whereas dynamite they all they i personally feel like they put a lot into some of the stories and the packages that they do before each match and they'll kind of build up stuff that's supposed to happen in the following week um and again the little easter eggs and stuff that gets put out throughout the night it was very i just like that kind of storytelling i guess
1: yeah no that's that's a good point wwe it's very cookie cutter you know what i mean they It just flows in AEW pay-per-view a a little better, to say the least.
0: Yeah, and there's absolutely nothing tangibly wrong with being cookie-cutter. There's nothing wrong with, you know, WWE putting out a card and saying, get, you know, buy our Mm pay-per-view, and they deliver what they've put on the card. Um, But personally, for me, after a while, it was kind of like, well, there's no incentive for me to jump on Raw the next day. They lost I won't see them on TV, whoever lost. And if they are going to be on TV, they'll just talk about how devastating their loss was. And someone will come out, talk to them for a while. Then we have a match for Raw. It doesn't really build within the pay-per-view. I like it when people do promos and they're grabbing the mic in pay-per-views. With WWE, there's that's not really a thing that I see happen a lot. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just hard and we'll get to the talking when Raw comes on, SmackDown comes on, that kind of thing.
1: Very good point. My my favorite match of the night was actually my most anticipated match going into it. I'm, I was a big fan of the uh, tag team steel cage match with the Lucha Brothers uh, defeating the Young Bucks. Um, yeah. Again, that was that was incredible. Uh that that was that was a wild match. I expect nothing less from these two because they always tear it up whenever they're in the ring. But yeah, I, I did love that women's match as well. I, I loved a lot of the matches, but that was my favorite. And what was your favorite moment of the night? It could have been a match, a debut, at any point in time. What was your favorite moment?
0: I just I like the cage stuff with the with the tag team um uh I don't say title that that match in particular with uh the young bucks and Um, lucha bros they really i really like the way they utilize the cage it was very much got me into that mindset of what they're going to do next and it got you excited for the next like couple of seconds later because with with the lucha bros you never know what they're going to do you know but somehow surprised and also not shocked at the fact that they were jumping off the cage doing hurricane ron is off the cage off the turnbuckle it was like the anticipation of what was happening next um was very much apparent every single match but it was very much apparent in the tag team match that they did have um and that momentum and that that theme of Mm -hmm. like not really knowing what's going to happen next continued throughout that pay-per-view. And that's the aspect of that, that I really, really did enjoy.
1: Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat for, for many of the matches, uh, honestly the whole pay-per-view, but that match in particular, wondering what Ray Phoenix is going to do next and, and the bucks pulling out the, the, the sneaker uh, uh, with the, uh, what I have the tax on it. It was just, it was just very insane. Say the least. Um, I got to say my favorite moment of the night there's plenty, but my top one had to be uh Ruby Soho debuting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm gonna say that because and she actually wasn't my pick to win the Battle Royale. Uh I picked Jade Cargill. Actually, that was my only loss. I went eight and one. I'm pretty proud. I forgot to do it's a, good. a it's not bad, right? I'm, um I forgot to do a prediction for the first one, the best friends match, but eight and one, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Um, but Ruby Soho debuting and then the cherry on top, her winning that battle royale it meant so much more um, than in my opinion with Adam Cole and, and Brian Danielson because Adam Cole and Brian Danielson they left multiple time champions they they still had the world in their palm if they would have stayed with NXT or WWE they would have catered to them for the most part right Ruby Soho how many times should she have held gold whether it was singles or with the riot squad in the tag team spot mm-hmm. so like this was I know it just meant so much to her, and she said it felt like home as soon as she walked out uh, into that entrance and onto that ramp. So it was just very special all around, and, and I saw somebody say on Twitter, like, wow, AEW got it right on the first night for, for mm-hmm. Ruby, how WWE had her for four, five, six years, but they, they got it right on the very first night. And so that, that was my moment.
0: It's a good moment. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely something that I think when, when I was looking at it normally, the new person never wins the battle royale. It's always, you know, like you said, Jade was a good pick. I think a lot of people were hoping that she would, would win that. It was actually kind of surprising for a lot of people that Ruby both debuted and then won. That was shocking.
1: That's why I didn't even consider it. I thought she was going to show up, but I was like, there's no way. And, And I did love the fact that her and Thunder Rosa were the last two, but I was like, there's just no way, man. And, and lo and behold, that was the outcome.
0: So who are your favorite wrestlers in, in the company currently?
1: Um, honestly, it's it's really tough. Um, I'll say the guy I'm looking to uh, five years from now that I'm a, I I want to see where Jungle Boy goes. I think he's going to have a very promising career. I wouldn't call him my outright favorite right now, but I'm most interested to see him. Obviously, we know MJF. Those are like the guys of the future of that mm-hmm. company. But right now, if I had to pick one. It's hard, isn't it? Initially, I was, I was big on Moxley, um, but... Right now, I mean Darby Allen, another guy that's I mean the future of the company. And as far as the females go, um, I'm very high on Jade Cargill. She's getting better and better. And again, like you said, um, they're taking their time with her. They're not over booking her with the matches. They're doing the whole promos with with Smart Mark Sterling. Um, they're you know they they just let her fight at the bigger events, bigger matchups. And I think that's the perfect way to book her. You don't you know let her her whole presence, her whole look, which she has top to bottom, perfectly. Be you know what I mean. Be the whole element uh, of her, and uh, so I'm big on Jade. I, I'm big on Thunder Rosa as well. I gotta say I'm big on Thunder Rosa. Um, it's been a long time coming for her. I know she's been in the indies forever, um, mm-hmm. and she's finally getting that shine. So I gotta say that. And but I gotta say though, back to Chris Statlander though. You know I I was in wrestling school for probably all of six months a couple years ago uh, here in Jersey. Chris Statlander. She was for the school I went to. She was at the New York school, right? So a, a lot of the times we would do shows together and I mean, she, she, I don't know if you know of Dan Moff, but he he's a big dude around here, very well known throughout the tri-state area. And she uh-huh. actually fought Dan Moff. I was sitting ringside for that at, at one of our shows. And I was just like, yo, I was like, not only is this girl incredibly skilled and humble, but she could go with the best of them. I mean, he was chopping her like a dude, like marks all across. And she gave it right to him back. And I was like, this, this chick is going to. And I think five or six months later, AEW had picked her up. You know, mm. like you said, she made her way through the ranks. And so, although I, I'm not going to call Chris my favorite right now, I'm really enjoying the process of seeing her as well, uh, just grow uh, month after month. You know, those are mine. A little long winded, but that was mine.
0: Yeah, no worries. That was actually pretty cool. I didn't know that you um, went to wrestling school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For a little bit. You know, it was one of those things where I didn't know when I first signed up two years ago, if I was going to do it for years or if I was just something I wanted to try, but it, I'm glad I did it. You know I mean? People are like, oh, do you have any regrets? Taking that first bump was was terrible. Like I was like, wow, this is this is real. You know, for all those people, the naysayers it's like, oh, isn't it like a trampoline, the mat? No, it is not. It is wood. It is wood with a very thin mat. But I'm glad I did it. You know, uh, I really am. I had some I had some. Priceless experiences in those few months. Got to meet Alex Reynolds and all them before they got that AEW opportunity. So really, bear, bear country. They're all within that school. So here we go. We got the uh, the buy-in pre-show. We got the best friends: Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Yuta, and Jurassic Express: Jungle Boy and Source going up against the Hardy family office, Matt Hardy Private Party, the Hybrid Two. Jungle Boy uh, made and and Helico and Helico submit. And what did you think about this opening match to the to the pay per view?
0: Uh, I didn't really, to be honest. That's why that's another good reason why I rewatched it because, like, I couldn't really remember what happened on the buy-in. I was really looking forward to Pac and Andrade.
1: Me too. And so
0: I think when they were they were having issues and they couldn't actually be part of, I guess, part of that pay per view, I was like, well, I'm a little a little let down. And I figured that you know I wasn't not I don't want to say I'm a, I'm not a Matt Hardy fan per se, um, but I think I've been more interested in the newer talent and some of the folks that you know are non I guess X WWE folks and. Sure. For this match, you know, I was kind. Of, I was for Orange Cassidy winning because um, I really like Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. He's really funny in the ring, but he's also very talented. And one of the things that I have enjoyed recently is getting to see more of his athletic side. At first, you know, I think his gimmick was being used as kind of like, you know, com- comedic relief or um, he's just kind of dicking around or whatever. Yeah. Um, But then after a while, like he was actually doing moves, submissions and stuff in the ring. And I was like, "Holy shit, he's actually he's actually pretty good. (laughs) And I figured he would be. But I think it was really cool getting to see him kind of go from one stage of being, you know, kind of the relief to actually being like, I'm actually an actual wrestler you should be taking me seriously and should be taking me seriously. The kicks that I do do.
1: Yeah. He could, he could hang with the best of them, man. Again, he sure was can. when I did that show with Statlander and stuff, he did a few of those shows too. Again, before mm-hmm. he signed with AEW and I was like, man, this guy's great. But once he gets going, like he messes around, you know, with the kicks and the little soft, this, that, but some of the stuff he does with his hands in his pockets too. Like it just shows you when when he gets really going, like he could hang with the best of them. It's just that his gimmick presents this laid back, you know, nonchalant, not aggressive type of dude, but he could, he could definitely hang with the best of them.
0: And it's so good because you never really expected it when he was first kind of being shown on TV. You know, I think, I think it was deliberate that he was kind of doing the bare minimum because then when you actually saw, the work that he could do and can do if you're not a big indie watcher and didn't know really who he was, you'd be like, you know, there's more to this kid than just his kicks and the hands in the pocket and devil may care kind of attitude. Um, is an actual wrestler there and it makes all those moments really more special.
1: Right. He doesn't do this because he can't wrestle. He does it because it's part of his whole shtick, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, I gotta be, be honest with you though. Um, you know, I like Matt and Jeff Hardy through the years. I mean, God, I don't want to show my age. But um, I, I started watching wrestling in the golden era. So that was what, the early 90s. And then I got back into it mm-hmm. in the attitude. And then I didn't watch from 2000 to 2011. Uh, I took mm-hmm. a big hiatus. I never would have thought uh, if you would have told me now, hey, Pat, at 35 years old, you're watching pro wrestling week in, week out, have a podcast like I never would imagine anything of this, uh, this sort. And I got friggin' action figures back here. Um, so, you know, my wife calls on my friends. She's like, oh, you're going to go hang out with your friends. <laughs> like, yeah, man. So, you know, that being said, man, it's just the Hardy family office. I can't get with it. And, and I understand yeah. why they did it because with the hybrid and private party, they were kind of falling falling by the wayside because they're the tag team division is so strong. And um, it was Hardy's way of maybe giving, you know, obviously he has a big name in pro wrestling, and so you know, they figured maybe that would give him some kind of credibility, uh, those tag teams. But I think it's actually doing the reverse, in my opinion. I mean, maybe not so much for the hybrid. I've never really cared for them. But uh, private party specifically, I think when they first came onto the scene, they were very going up against the Lucha Bros, the Young Bucks. They had great matches when they were faces. But like this great. whole heel turn with, the, with Hardy, I, I just can't get with it. I can't get behind it. And honestly, I'm not excited for it. I, I do like the best friends in Jurassic Express. But outside of that, I could have cared less about this match, you know.
0: Yeah, so what do you think, given your point, you made a really good point that like, you know, once Private Party kind of turned heel, the momentum kind of went down. Mm-hmm. So what do you think really kind of turns the tide here? Do you think that if they separate themselves from Hardy, that, you know, they can kind of go on a redemption arc kind of thing, kind of go face? And if they're going to go face, who it, they go against
1: I would still like to see them as heels, uh, give them that opportunity. But I think, A, mm-hmm. being with Matt Hardy, and I think that was kind of the beginning of the end for them. At first, I was like, okay, this might work. But then when they started adding more and more people, and I think maybe the the, the Blade and the Bunny and the Butcher with that group, too, it's just like it's never-ending, seem, uh, seemingly. So I think they need to remove uh, Matt Hardy from private party, give them a heel run uh, still. And see where it goes from here. Maybe tweak it a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't know. They're no longer wearing like their uh, actual ring gear. They're wearing like regular street clothes. And hey, sometimes that works. But I think, I think they're just too good. Like they don't need all that extra stuff. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. let them do their thing in the ring. And I think again, just like when AEW started, I think they're they're on the trajectory to eventually becoming tag team champions. Maybe it's a little hindered now with all the talent they have now and other teams that have been in that that mix. But you know, maybe in the next year. I know it's a long time for now, a year, year and a half, maybe they'll be in that spot for a tag title opportunity because now you got Lucha Brothers. I see probably Santana and Ortiz maybe next up to, to be a contender. There's just so much FTR. So so we'll see. But I don't think all hope is lost for them.
0: I think gin and juice is probably my favorite like move for a tag team. Like in yeah. private part does it so well? Oh yeah. <laughs> does absolutely. It so well.
1: No, they're great, man. They're really great. And they're so young. Again, they're from I think right. they're from uh, House of Glory in Queens. And and was, again, I've seen them on the Indies, too. And really yeah. a, a real pleasure to watch. A.W. TNT Championship. Miro going up against Eddie Kingston, uh, starting off the actual pay-per-view on two itself. Miro defeated Eddie Kingston by pinfall. This match went about 13 minutes. Uh, how do you feel feel about this actual opener to the pay-per-view?
0: Um, I, I was very surprised. I didn't think that that would be the first matchup. Mm-hmm. um then I then again I don't really know what I was expecting all the matches on the card were very highly anticipated um so I, it was weird to me to think oh they're first I thought they would be maybe like next to last or I don't know I I, I, th- I get it I get it it was a good choice I think to put them first um I d- for this match if I was rated I'd probably get an eight out of ten um Eddie Kingston always puts on a good show. Um, yep. Hopefully, we see more of him. He's very wild. He's something else. The man is can cut a promo like no one's business. I I've enjoyed him of all the times that I've seen him on TV. I was really glad that AEW um, picked him up. What does Miro do from now though? It's kind of like it's
1: a great question. I can't really
0: think of who else is gonna go up against him.
1: You know, I know he had that brief stint with Lance Archer. I wouldn't mind seeing mm-hmm. Lance, Archer, Lance Archer back in that uh, position. Realistically, uh, a lot of people have been saying in the last couple of weeks, they got to remove Brian Cage from that whole um, situation with Taz, Team Taz. I don't know what they're doing with that week in, week out with Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. They've been working on that for months. I think they yeah. just, they're not booking Brian Cage correctly, in my opinion. And, and not to say Cage should necessarily take the title off of Miro. I think Miro should have a lengthy run. But I would like to see maybe a Brian Cage go up against him, just another big dude. Because Miro, he's more vicious than ever, and um, you know, and he, he's in the best shape uh, that I think we've seen him in in pro wrestling. He looks great.
0: Really good.
1: Um, so that's I think good. maybe a Miro Brian Cage, or maybe throw Lance Archer into it, like just a bigger individual. Because I just can't see anybody scrawny or a tiny guy going up against him. It's it's, it's just not realistic.
0: Um, but then, like, and then I don't really know what happens to Eddie Kingston after this either. So that's true. Yeah, and does he go back to I guess being with Mox, you know, because they I really think a lot of people enjoyed him and Mox and the chemistry that they had together. Yeah. Will he continue to do that? Um, is he gonna call out someone else? Um, Miro and him can have another rematch. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's difficult to really say where this story is gonna go. Um I I was expecting Eddie to win it, to be honest.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Because I felt like him with the belt, then he can finally kind of he, he's the kind of person that would call folks out and be like, I have the belt and this is the person I want to go up against. Show me what you show me what you got, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. without that, you know, it's kind of difficult to really continue his whole badassery, assery um, losing, at least to me. No, but I
1: get it. I get it.
0: Who knows? Maybe Tony Khan does have plans for him. Mm hmm. Um, for the future, and I'm looking forward to it. I think that's the good part about not really understanding the booking. <laughs> yeah, and then you kind of be like, well, this makes sense why you did it this way. And, you know, we don't have a problem with long term storytelling in AEW. So
1: I don't think they'll ever run out of opportunities for Eddie Kingston. I think they'll continually keep him in the mix. I think, like you said, you actually had him winning. Um, I think this opportunity, though, uh, as far as a shot at gold, if not this, when will he actually get another title opportunity again? I don't. I don't see him in anytime soon in the actual AEW World Championship uh, spot. There's just. There's just so much as you said. Andrade uh, Malachi Black, and everybody we saw last night—they're all going to be in that hunt. You know, Hangman when he comes back, uh, and then you know, there's so many tag teams. As much as I'd like to see Moxley and Kingston back again, there's just so many tag teams. I don't want to say what's the point. They're great, but again for the gold there's just so much going on with that already so this is really uh correct me if i'm wrong the only title right that he could actually go after uh otherwise it's just going to be singles matches upon singles matches with no title opportunity in sight
0: mm-hmm. so we'll see i guess that's really all i can kind of yeah. that's really all that i can put there is that we we will see
1: so we got john moxley going up against satoshi kojima um this was a pretty good match. I mean, considering uh, Kojima is 53 years old, he's been in the wrestling business for 30 years, um, still signed with New Japan, I believe. So we saw mm-hmm. Moxley defeat Kojima. Uh, then, of course, we saw uh, Minoru Suzuki come out, long-awaited rivalry uh, that I know, you know, Moxley wanted to have uh, a matchup with him for a while. So I believe we're going to see it this Wednesday on Dynamite um, oh. in, in Moxley's hometown, right? Cincinnati, Ohio?
0: Yep. I was very excited for this match. Um, and I had a sneaking suspicion that, you um, you know the the match with what's his name Suzuki was going to happen one way or another. Um, because you know I don't think Tony Khan really cares. He'll he'll open and close and revolve the door sure. as much as he wants to. Um, it was a very solid match. Like I have no complaints. I'd give it again, probably a seven or eight out of out of ten. Um, Mott definitely kind of I don't I don't want to say that he. This was kind of a... For me, it was, oh, God, we have to see this is going to push his career or whatever. It wasn't a career pusher type of match. Like, Mox has already kind of established himself. This was a match that was clearly for him to have fun he wanted to fantasy book himself and he got his fantasy booking for a match I think that but that's what makes it fun you know I think yeah. when wrestlers can be like you know I want to fight this person can I fight this person and they get the okay then it's like yes we can finally be in the ring we can finally finish what we've you know we've been feuding over and you know wanting to get into the ring just to have fun and and put on a really good show That's that's that energy I got from that match and I think it was a good I think it was a good thing to let Mox win. I thought Mox was going to win so I was right yeah
1: that was the right decision in my opinion <laughs> yeah. and you know when I, I'm so happy for Moxley because because when I see these matches against all these guys he fights from New Japan or All Japan Pro Wrestling whether it's on U.S. soil or there I think mm-hmm. of Dean Ambrose a couple of years ago frustrated in WWE locker room losing to EC3 before he leaves and no knock to EC3 great wrestler but anyway that's besides the point and so mm-hmm. all these things, you know, and it's just like, man, I'm so happy for him because like you said, it's that fantasy booking that he always wanted. He loves the whole Japanese uh, culture and just that environment of pro wrestling. So even after that match, you saw him and Suzuki exchanging chops and you see how excited he was to, you know, to go back and forth with him. And so just mm-hmm. the back and forth, I'm just so happy for him, win, lose or draw.
0: Solid match. Very solid. Yep.
1: Yeah. So AW uh, Women's World Championship, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Defeated Chris Statlander by submission. Bray was not happy about this. But uh, we saw the Pittsburgh sunrise, I guess you call it. So that that was kind of cool. Alluding to Adam Cole showing up later that night. Um, I know this was your uh, favorite match of the night. Uh, Anything you want to add to that? Went about 11 minutes or so.
0: Um, I think that I saw um, a clip on Twitter of Ruby um, kind of giving Britt Baker some lip. So now there's something in my brain that's like, oh, shit, dude, we're going to get Ruby versus Britt at least sometime soon in the near future. I would predict it by probably the end of the year. I love Chris Statlander, but I do think that um, they're probably going to be going the right direction with Britt winning so that she will inevitably inevitably now face Ruby. Mm -hmm. We can see her one-on-one action um if anything the battle royale showed us that she's clearly capable of holding her own in the ring um her going up against brit and her being kind of the face heel kind of person um it probably was a good idea that she did win um like i said in the beginning made chris Lander look like a million bucks um yeah there's not someone to take lightly either um i know her gimmick kind of started off as something what people would consider silly, but definitely not someone to o- underestimate. Um, Cause clearly she's a beast in the ring. She doesn't really get tired. Um, and her getting defeated by submission, I kind of suspected it hmm. did not suspect Panama sunrise. So yeah, no, I don't think any of us did it up for it. Cause I was like, all right, sweet. We got a teaser and a pay-per-view. You love to see it.
1: <laughs> one, one side note. Um, You know, if if this is the end of the road for uh, Statlander going for the AW Women's Championship for the time being, she'll be back in the hunt eventually, whether it's five, ten months from now, a year from now, who knows? She'll definitely be champ one day. I think we could all agree on that. I'm kind of looking forward to a potential uh, Chris Statlander, Jamie Hayter feud. Um, I think that would be really good, in my opinion. Um, Two badass women that, that can not just wrestle, but fight. And, and I, I would I would be all here for that, especially since Hater aligns herself with Britt Baker. I think going forward, I could see that being potential feud as well.
0: Yeah, you think she'll do a turn on Britt?
1: I could see that. Actually, I was telling a buddy of mine last night. I said I could definitely see that happening in the near in the near future. You know, especially if uh, Ruby doesn't uh, end up beating Britt in, in the near future for that title, whenever that opportunity is, it, um, I could see maybe that happening. And not necessarily saying Hater would be the one to take the title off her either, but uh, possibility.
0: Something similar to how they did um, Chris Jericho, MJF throwing in the towel thing. So,
1: sure,
0: Jamie Hater's outside of the ring because Britt's kind of an asshole and she would probably have some people, you know, waiting in the wings to get Ruby in a vulnerable position. Um, hopefully, to get the tag, she doesn't get it. Um, Hater throws in the towel for Britt. Um, Britt loses. They have like their fight. Jamie does the switch on her after mm-hmm. she beats ruby i could see something sim- like that happening to her
1: yeah totally uh, totally i'm here for it so steel cage match for the AEW world tag team championships lucha brothers Penta ray phoenix going up against matt and nick jackson the young bucks lucha brothers defeated them by pinfall hell of a match as we alluded to Went about 22 minutes um anything to add to that
0: i mean what can you add to a match that's it's five stars i mean but yeah. i considering you know the last tag team which was what kenny omega and hangman and i think they fought um oh god who did they fight it was the tag team i think it was like it wasn't last year i think it was is it full gear it was one of the pay-per-views maybe it was revolution i don't remember sure. but aw has really really Done something for tag team wrestling that I think that it just they're just the best at it at this point I mean they just put the the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros they were never put in a real match up until now and I believe Tony Khan alluded to like he specifically didn't want them in a feud unless it was really big and really loud something like a pay-per-view um and they really just got to go out and do their thing. And it just really it shows you what happens when you kind of reserve matches and people for specific moments like that, because it makes it all the more better mm-hmm. when you get announced and you get to see them actually just kind of go all in the, the tax on the shoes. I feel like that was a callback to, um, again, the match that I can't remember between um, Mox and I guess it was Kenny threw him in the. Thumbtack barbed wire thing. It was just really gory, really brutal, but I was here for all of it. Absolutely yeah. all. Edging my seat the whole night. What about you?
1: Yeah. Th- I mean, these are all things you could kind of anticipate when these two tag teams link up, right? um I, I thought it was great. Uh, and I think, like you said, the biggest thing is being properly booked and stuff. I think AEW just has the patience with their storytelling again, not to have comparisons. I'm not necessarily knocking WWE, right? It's what a lot of us grew up on. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the bottom line is AEW has the patience and the wherewithal to know, Hey, this, I know I'd maybe love to do this this Wednesday or or Friday night, but let's hold off a couple of weeks or next month or the next pay-per-view, which they only have roughly what four a year and stuff. So I just love how everything is done, you know, big fight feel, everything felt important. And you know, when these two link up, uh similar to wwe when you when you see the usos in the new day you know it's going to be a hell of a match bottom line and whenever yeah. you see the young bucks and the lucha brothers you know it's gonna be a hell of a fight so again like you said there's there what can you say it, it was all great again my favorite match of the night
0: there was so. not a slow moment in it
1: yeah. no no not at all so 21 woman battle royale for the AEW women's world championship uh title opportunity in the future Obviously, I had Jade Cargill. Who did you have uh, winning this?
0: You know what? I kind of, I, I'm a big Thunder Rosa fan. So okay. there's a part of me that was like, okay, Chris Sadler lost against Britt. So they're not going to try and force that rematch again, at least not for a while, if Brit still has the belt. Um, but I really thought that Thunder had it, um, mm-hmm. even from the beginning, because she's such a big star in the company. Um, and the match that she had with Britt was unbelievable. I think it was, um, it was a couple months ago. Yeah, completely. She's she's just, and I've had the opportunity speaking with her on a podcast, and she is super all about this wrestling, about women, and and being that person to show others that like, if I can do it, you can do it too, the sky's the limit um, and women can run the wrestling world. Um, so I figured she would probably, it, it would have said to me that they have heard our complaints about the women's division, because how, what best is it to put a woman like Thunder Rosa at the top? Oh yeah. As a, to, to, you know, go against the, get the, you know, have the women's vote, have the women's title. Knowing the kind of person that she is, um, it definitely would have spoke volumes to how AEW is perceiving the whole, we, we want more investment in our women.
1: And I think that's the biggest thing when this company, you know, started going on air about two years ago or so. I think that was the biggest knock initially. You know, tag team division looks good. Men's singles, everything looks great. I think they're like, you really which there was truth to. You really got to build up this women's division. You know, AEW right. needs to focus on this women's division. And again, like you said, you can you can love something but be critical about it. It's constructive criticism and it's a fact. So, the fact that I think that match with Britt and Thunder Rosa what 4 or 5 months ago whenever it was, I think that was the first AEW women's match. Not that the prior ones weren't good, but I think that match was so great and it gave them that spotlight that they needed. A lot of the naysayers could finally be like, "Wow, okay, like this women's division is headed in the right direction, and although it right? may not be where we need it to be now, it's it's well on its way.
0: And still not. I mean, you can still yeah. make criticisms about the women's division now, but like it it would be it would be in bad faith to have that argument now, knowing now what we've seen and wh- where Ruby is probably going to go, where Britt is right now, where Thunder Rosa has been right now, where Chris Atlaner has been right now. Just you know, a couple of the women there now who are in spots where I guess. The naysayers would say that they weren't there, but it would be really in bad faith to really say that, like, the women's division isn't moving in the right direction. It's just just not honest at this point. Like, it's clear that with Ruby winning, that they're like, we see something in you. We will give you the push that you deserve. And this battle royale really proved that to me, that it wasn't, like, super short. It didn't feel like a women's match just to have a women's match or, you know, kind of like a, a... a time, uh, you know, buffer for the next match that's coming up. It really, I, and I think anybody who's been watching the product um, probably had investment in the battle Royale.
1: Big time. And you know what? Uh, I meant to say this earlier. It was very unfortunate that uh, Pac and Andrade didn't happen. It was a match that I was very much looking forward to. They're going to do that match this Friday on Rampage, which will be great nonetheless. But I think if there's anything good uh, from that not happening, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think initially, instead of the best friends matchup, that women's battle royale, wasn't that slated to be on the buy-in at the 7 p.m. pre-show? I'm pretty right. sure that was supposed to be there. So I think the fact that that went from being a pre-show, on Friday and Packeting and canceled, and then them being moved to match number five, five or six of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. was the perfect placement for this match too because like you said this wasn't a flash in the pan eight nine minute match girls is flying over the ring and here's two people left it was a great match and it was 22 minutes it went the same amount of time as the tag team match prior to that so that being said I think this got all the recognition and spotlight it deserved
0: yeah I saw some criticism about it moving from the you know to the actual match and people were saying wow it took pack having issues to give women a spot on the pay-per-view but then also don't realize that like okay well Orange Cassidy was put on the pre-show that's pretty significant for what they, they killed they still could have put the battle royale in in the pre-show and gave Orange Cassidy and the Matt or in the Hardy Corporation um that spot where the women's battle royale was but right they, you know, exactly. they, that because they realized you know we can put the women where people want them to be so I really I, I understood that argument but I also kind of felt like okay you, at some point you guys are just now arguing for the sake of arguing and being upset for the sake of being upset because you now realize that you know a significant person on the roster was put on a buy-in so that the women could be put in the pay-per-view I mean I felt like that was pretty significant
1: yeah personally. And- In in my humble opinion, I think this this card was so stacked that the only match, and I'm sure you would agree too, that was significantly and clear as day as a pre-show match was obviously QT Marshall and Paul White. That's the only match that was like, yeah, that should be pre-show. No disrespect to the amazing career that that, uh, Paul White had, but everything else could have went anywhere. Like you said, uh, seeing Miro uh, at at match number one, it was unexpected, but again, where, where would you necessarily put it anyway? Because it was so good of a pay-per-view, right? So, you know, you could go back and forth about that all day, but bottom line, women got their just due as they deserve. And the only thing I could say is maybe initially they should have had it on the main card just because Brit Brit and Chris Statlander were the only actual women's match that night being there was no tag team match or anything like that. So I get that from the jump, but bottom line is they, they did the right thing. If Jericho loses, he'll retire from in-ring competition. So we saw Chris Jericho going up against MJF. I believe MJF uh, had his number. He was 3-0 and against Jericho. Um, mm-hmm. We saw at first Aubrey Edwards got to the three count, naming MJF the winner. Uh, but then another official came down to the ring, let her know Jericho's foot was on the rope uh, before the three count. Um, so then Chris Jericho ended up defeating MJF by submission. Match went about 20, 21 minutes. Um, did, did you enjoy this match?
0: Yeah, I you know it was again this this felt like the part where I started to plateau a little bit. Um, and that's saying a lot. During mean, we just had the women's battle royale. we had a title match for the women. Um, Miro tag team. This this match is interesting that it was kind of where I started to plateau a little bit. Um, sure. because Chris, you know, Chris Jericho was one of the people that kind of, he was spearhead of this company when it first kind of started out. Um, great talent, but I, I think I did say this on Twitter, like a couple nights before the pay-per-view is that like, I don't think Chris is losing. Um, they'll probably do like a little bit of a swerve on us and like, make it seem like MJF would win it, but I did think at the bottom of my heart that Chris Jericho loves the business. He's not retiring. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was definitely kind of where the arc needed to end um, because it had so many rematches that for them to rematch again felt a little overdone. So I figured Chris was going to win. I didn't think he was going to retire. I don't think he was going to leave. That just wasn't realistic in my mind. Um, So, I went into it kind of knowing that that was the case. Great match. Mm-hmm. And JF was in the ring. Chris Jericho was getting the ring, but wasn't my favorite of the night, but really good. It was,
1: you know, same here. And it, it was kind of like it was difficult because the last two matches went over 20 minutes, right? The, uh, what was it? The, the the tag match. And then, of course, the women's battle royale. And now you have this another 20 minute match. So it's just, it's tough when you honestly, anything over 10 minutes, it's very hard to focus on unless you're really, truly invested. Um, so I had the same opinion. I thought Jericho was going to win this. I think even though he could retire, he's done it all. Um, you know, obviously his, his, way past prime, but that's besides the point. And there's such a huge influx of talent coming in week by week. I'm sure he has a couple other dream matches that he would love to have as well. Um, so, so I was happy to see, uh, Jericho win that. The return of CM Punk after nearly eight years Royal Rumble 2014. Match went about 17 minutes. CM Punk got the victory as we all anticipated uh, by pinfall. Um, do we like CM Punk in pants or did we like the trunks better? What do, what do you think? At first I wasn't high on it but then as the match wore on I said, you know what? He doesn't look half bad. This, this could work.
0: I like the pants.
1: Yeah, they're nice, right?
0: <laughs> like, I, you know, in that was very interesting, the choice. <laughs> I think it was yeah. funny because um, He did tweet. Someone tweeted at him and was like, I hope CM Punk remembered his shorts. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> so, really funny. I, I, you know, gear aside, love the match. Um, the first time getting to see him wrestle in seven years. The man still has it. I don't care what anyone says. I think, you know, he definitely has put in the work. He didn't look gassed. He didn't look like he was out of shape. He didn't look like right. he was kind of back to, yeah, like when... He, Dads will pick up a basketball and they're like 50 and they're like, I used to play in high school, and they'll play with their kids and they'll just be like gas after like three shots or something. Mm-hmm. And he CM Punk did not miss a beat. I don't personally think he missed the beat. I think it was a good idea to have him win it. I will give it nine out of 10. Um, I really wish the match was longer. That's really my only complaint for that match. Um, mm-hmm. Darby was amazing. The um graphic we got on his skateboard, A plus.
1: Skateboard is great, by the way. The one he walked down with, I think it was half his face and half Punk. That was really nice.
0: Yeah. I, and, you know, just it was great. It was everything that I wanted it to be. love Punk. Um, and I think we're still riding the high of seeing Punk getting back into wrestling. And hopefully we get to see him at some point um, this week, maybe on Dynamite, maybe on um, Rampage. And we get to see what's, what's next for dear old Punky. I'm excited. That match has, you know, really got me invested in him and made me really got it. He can still wrestle. So I'm I'm all good. All good. What about you?
1: I mean, I was I was extremely satisfied with the match and I know he was because once that match finished, I mean, it's one thing to get the victory. But I think you could see the look on his face and I think it would have been very. he's a very honest and blunt guy, as we all know. And I think it would have been very telltale. Uh, seeing on his face that whether whether or not he thought he still had it or not, regardless of what we thought, you know, you got to live up. Everybody's their harshest critics sometimes, right? So I think he wanted to know if he could still go 15, 17, whatever minutes it was, especially with a young talent like Darby Allen. And so I was telling a buddy of mine who I watched it with last night. I was like, CM Punk was satisfied with his performance out there because you could just see on his face, like, all right, I can do this. You know, after being away seven, almost eight years, I can do this. And uh, I'm truly interested to see where his next feud goes now that we finally got that first match over with, which was solid. Now I, I really want to see what is next for him. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even guess, but it's, it's going to be great. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. The punk train has just started. It's yeah. just started. Just and getting it's pick up. Yeah. And I think it's more times that he does win, you know, maybe we get a more cocky and more arrogant punk and, you know, I want to see more punk on the mic. And I think if they build up to that, we're going to, He's going to be built as a real superstar in the next couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's here for the long the long haul, I believe. So
0: yeah.
1: we made our way to the main event. Here we are, uh, AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega champion, going up against Christian Cage. Uh, Kenny, of course, won by pinfall. I think we all saw this coming, especially with Christian defeating Kenny Omega. Uh, three weeks ago on the debut episode of Rampage for his Impact World mm. Championship, there was no way in hell uh, he was going to lose an, yet again and another title match. Uh, hitting with the one-winged angel from the top rope for the win. Uh, what were your thoughts on this main event?
0: It wasn't surprising. Uh, mm. but all, It honestly was not You know, my top favorite of, of the night because um, I, I knew that Kenny was going to win it. Um, but there is now this growing feeling inside of me that's like I think his reign is coming to an end I don't know who's going to take it Um, but I have a feeling that his days are numbered with that belt Um, and I think with the debuts that we got to see after that match um, only solidified that feeling and I don't know why I don't know where that feeling's coming from to be honest Pat I'm like He's won it. He keeps winning it. I knew Christian wasn't winning, and I think a lot of people are like, "Okay, Christian's probably not winning the belt." Um, yeah,
1: he's not going to be the belt collector <laughs> like Kenny was. He's
0: not going to be the belt collector, absolutely no. not. But I do think that this was kind of the catalyst to Adam Cole and Daniel Bryanson coming out. I think that he, Christian was there to give a great match, um, but he was not the person to win it.
1: Sure, I think it was booked but perfectly. I'll give you- yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, def- perfectly.
1: Definitely not my, you know, uh, favorite match either. I, it was it was quality. Granted, there were so many great matches. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see it full gear. Um, the two people that come to mind is Brian Danielson, or do they throw Hangman Adam Page into the mix? I think one of those two people are highly likely to be the next person uh, up for that title opportunity, and whoever that is will probably defeat Omega at a at a full gear.
0: Yeah, you my mind. Those are the two people that I have. Those are the two people that I have.
1: And quite frankly, I'm, I'm good with either one. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I'd probably rather see Paige just because it's been a long time uh, right. coming with that. But I'd like to see see him uh, get that uh, title opportunity and win. So debut of Adam Cole, uh, you know, pretending to rival Kenny, uh, saying to the elite, you think you've uh, I forgot what you did. Then he ends up super kicking Jungle Boy, joins the elite. And then we saw a debut of Brand Danielson, helps Christian Cage and Jurassic Express fight off the elite. What a way to end the pay per view. Um, that's why I went and watched it again. Um, what were your thoughts on the way this pay per view wrapped up?
0: Uh, it's so good. I rewatched the. I rewatched both of them debut at least ten times today. Like I really, and I think multiple people, multiple friends I talked to on Twitter, have tweeted something along the lines of like having to rewatch that because they literally thought they were dreaming. It was like the CM Punk thing all over again. It's like I woke up the next morning and was like. Did the ending of that pay per view, was that real? Did I dream that? Because I was drinking last night and I was like, (laughs) I, this is probably some sort of drinking dream that just was so vivid and I just like made it up in my brain. But I was like,
1: was it craft beer or were you drinking something else last night?
0: Craft beer. All right. (laughs) You are (laughs) faithful,
1: loyal to craft beer.
0: Bull Durham and, um, what's the other one? And I had a Highlander Oktoberfest and, um, oh, God, what's the other one? It was another Oktoberfest from a brewery that's in Charl- in um, Asheville. But people who, who are from North Carolina, if you watch this, uh-huh. you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I legit thought, okay, I, I must be dreaming this is not real. There's no way that... Adam Cole is in a- in AEW after all the work that he put in for NXT. Um, I I was more prone to believe that Brian Danielson was going to debut for Adam Cole. Did. That was a huge surprise for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But they all look so happy. I watched BT earlier. He looks so happy coming out. Um. But that was a good ending to a show. I know a Incredible. lot of people's criticism was like well, you shouldn't have had that many debuts in a pay-per-view, but I'm like, why not? We, like, who who died and made anyone the rule maker of P- of pay-per-views? Like, Tony Kong could have debuted everybody, you know, last night. And, and I mean, let's be should, honest. So
1: you know, let, let's be honest here. They only have four pay-per-views a year, right? One every season, so we'll have Full Gear. We got Revolution in the winter, Double or Nothing in the fall, and then back to All Out again, so... You only have four pay-per-views. Uh, yeah, they have all this other programming during the week, YouTube and on, on TV and stuff. But I think it was great. And and God, the, the amount of people that they're getting on a daily basis, it's not like they really needed to string it out. I think hey. it was perfect. Um, honestly, I thought I, I thought we were going to see uh, Brian Danielson uh, debut at the Queen show September 22nd. Adam Cole wasn't sure when. I thought we were going to see Buddy Murphy last night or Buddy Matthews as he goes by because they've been teasing a lot of trailers on him. Uh, so I, that was one name I thought we'd see, or maybe see, um, CJ Perry, Lana come out as a ballet from now on, maybe with Miro, who knows that might happen too on a much lesser note, but, um, I was good with it. I, I had no qualms about it. I, I thought it was appropriate. I didn't even notice either. So my, till my friend uh, pointed out that with the two tunnels, uh, right, the one on the right is the face tunnel. The other ones on the, the heel tunnel. So I didn't even notice that Adam Cole initially came out that heel tunnel. And then obviously Daniel C came out, the came out the face tunnel. And I said, wow, it all makes sense uh, to what ended up happening. But I'm good with it. No problem with it.
0: I loved it. I think that when you have four pay-per-views, you know, you want them to be memorable. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been so used to having a pay-per-view each month that, you know, there may be less importance to them. i um, not saying that, you know, WWE's pay-per-views aren't important or anything like that. But, you know, when you only have four a year, Um, You want to make them memorable. You want to make sure that people remember what happened at, you know, every full gear these last three years, what happened at every, um, you know, all out, every revolution, because they're all vastly different. Right. And when you only get four, you got to make them count. And I think that's what they did with the debuts. I think that was that was important. But yeah, I didn't notice that Adam Cole came out the heel tunnel. So like yeah. everyone was yeah. thinking that he's just going to be an asshole that and I'm all here for it. I'm good with it.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with it. He's great as a heel. Yeah, it's cool seeing him as a face. Certain people, man, they just fit like it fits like a glove. And that, that was perfect seeing him with that, that quick heel turn. I was a big fan of All Out prior to last night. Like that's my favorite a pay-per-view of theirs. I would say All Out, Revolution, Revolution. Um, Double or nothing and full gear. What what would you say your your top uh, AW pay-per-views are?
0: I really don't think we I don't honestly, I think all out and revolution are in my top. I don't know which one I can honestly say is top. I would probably okay. go with Revolution. Um, Revolution's pay-per-views have always been great. Like yeah. I don't always been great, but all out's pay-per-views have always been great. Um then they had I, I've liked all the full gears. Um but to be honest, I can't really remember what happened like last year's full gear, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then I would probably say Double double or Nothing. And that's really interesting because I know that was like kind of their first thing. I was like the first pay-per-view, the first one that kind of solidified like, you know, they're going to be a company of those pay-per-views. But I just not. That would be the last on my list would be the would be Double or Nothing.
1: There was one comparison I didn't want to make personally, but I know a lot of people are saying, you know, or as CM Punk had mentioned, uh, this is bigger with, with him, Adam Cole and Bryan than, than the Outsiders and uh, Hogan coming to uh, WCW. I think the biggest thing about this is when you look at WWE, WCW in the mid-90s, right, um, Hogan and Macho Man and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, they, they stopped being utilized. So that's why they jumped ship. They didn't go to WCW because they're like, oh, man, this is the company. So that, that's different. Bret Hart went over there because he was simply unhappy with Vince and the company. Paul and Nash went over there for a big money grab, in my opinion. Um, and this present day difference is WWE to AEW. Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, as I mentioned earlier, they're at the top of their game with WWE, whether it's NXT or the main roster. Uh, they're all pretty much the main roster, but Raw, SmackDown, you, you know the gist. And they could be champion at any given moment. So they WWE wanted them badly. They still wanted to come over to AEW because they just see where it's headed, you know, the, the, the handwritings on the wall, Brian Danielson went there for the competition. Adam Cole went there for the competition, but because it's a, it's a family, he said he always knew he wanted to come here, you know, not just because Britt Baker's there, but you know, he just loves the the whole atmosphere. And I, I think that's the biggest difference with this. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about it.
0: I can't really speak to if CM Punk's right or wrong about that comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he has his opinion on him being greater than Hogan. And um, what would the other two?
1: Uh, Hall and Nash, Razor, Ramon, Diesel. And, and I think if I could just interject here, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to take it one way. I think he just meant it and I respect it. This was meant in a different way. Like, yes, them going to WCW revolutionized things, helped WCW for a while, almost put WWE out of business with the NWO and so on and so forth. This is also revolutionary too. Maybe not so much as a faction, but to where professional wrestling is headed from, from here on out, especially in the States, you know, you don't have to go to Japan now or, or outside uh, promotions you don't have to leave the country to have a good uh, alternative. And and I think that is what's so important here.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I've only really started watching wrestling about four years um coming up on four years i do and with cm punk if that if that is his opinion that's his opinion Mm -hmm. um you know he's entitled to that uh but i will say to your point there is it does feel like there's kind of a change in the atmosphere that's going to start happening pretty soon i think last night kind of was the start of this this change where aew really is competition it's just, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, competition no. always less than everybody, but I really do think yet yeah, last night solidified AW as it is the alternative and it is something that is great. You know, it's two years running. People thought it would be dead by now. There's a lot of people that thought that it wouldn't. You know, we would never get a million views, and they've done both of those things. They've sold out arenas, and like you said, there is an alternative. You don't have to leave the States for it. And it's here, it's on TV and it's, you know, and there's some good folks on the roster who are going to do really good things. There are a lot of like fantasy bookings that are now going to be in reality because Mm -hmm. Tony Khan made it available to be a reality. And, you know, I think, it's just a good thing. The tide is changing. And, you know, there may be a point where WWE doesn't have a monopoly anymore because it's not like you can just watch AEW on a computer or on your phone or like, you know, on a pirating website, you literally just go on TV and watch it and go on YouTube and watch it and interact with all the wrestlers and stuff is becoming mainstream for them. The way that WWE has stuff that's mainstream for them as well. So yeah. It's no longer that it's not sitting in this weird s- space where it's just like, oh, it's on TV once a week and it's on a random night and here's a bunch of people you may not know. It's actually becoming very interesting, re- very quick. So
1: very quick, and every the stars were just aligning for AW. I think they were doing well on their own before this huge influx of. Uh, not just WWE talent, but, but releases and free agents, if you will. But I think that the past year has just been incredible. Like, wow. Hey, I can't believe WWE is letting certain people go. Uh, that's why they're probably getting ready to sell, but that's another conversation, but B like how they're getting these, these free agents and how they're properly booking them. I think that's what she, that's huge. It's pro wrestling over sports entertainment. Yay. And again, no knock to WWE at all. I still watch, but AEW is really giving themselves a good trajectory as far as where they're going two years from now, five years from now, and just going to continue to build on that.
0: Right. I think, and that's another thing about the whole them hiring WWE people. Like, I Someone tweeted that they were like really like kind of over that, like seriously was making them angry that people were still like upset with WWE for hiring people who used to work at WWE. And I was, you know, I agree with them. I was like, what are they supposed to do? They love the sport. They want to wrestle. Right. I saw that.
1: So tweet Oh,
0: what are they supposed to do? Like, do they just sit around and do nothing? Do they like, if you want to do something, ultimately it's a job. So if you're not doing your job at one company, at company a, you're going to go do that at company B, if you love it. And it, and it would be like silly oh, not
1: to like these people writing. love pro wrestling, right? It's their occupation. So a, if you're going to get the opportunity in the States, B, get a contract and C have the opportunity for a prime spot a la Andrade, Alistair Black, Ruby, obviously CM Punk and, and, and Brian Danielson, but I'm, I'm saying those three names first and foremost because they are still in their prime. They barely scratched the surface in WWE. You know, uh, the biggest knock on WWE or all those old wrestlers going to WCW was, oh, they're at the end of their prime, but, you know, their pinnacle passed. They're, they're all old and washed up. That is not the case this time around. And even the older uh, folks... I'm not sure of CM Punk's age or Brian Danielson, but what I mean by that is the people that have had long storied careers already with many championships, they're still, you know, good and well too, as well as the intradays and Malachi Blacks and and all the other people that they're probably gonna have booked. So they're they're gonna be just fine.
0: They're gonna be fine. And I think that, you know, we we have to stop the whole, you know, when they were some people who were in WWE came from a different company too. So is hiring ex Ring of Honor people, ex PWG people, Impact. like yeah, X people, and AW's hiring ex WWE people, ex you know indie folks. And if there's another promotion that comes along, they'll probably be hiring ex-AEW people it's just it's it's a small niche that if you're not working in one place you're going to move to another place lest you just move out of the business altogether or retire so I right. think you know, if people are happy where they are if they want to move away we should it should be like people moving jobs for us like we we don't care for our co-workers or our friends move from one job to another they people do it all the time and I think that's the mentality we need to keep for wrestling as well it's a job at the end of the day if you want to do something bad enough you will find a company that will take you to do that job so I think we're just past the whole you know ex-wwe or that aw's wwe light it's not it's a different company they've hired people who worked Mm -hmm. at another company and that company wants to let them go on and do something with their career that's it period yeah i don't know why i got on that tangent but I just. no really- you're right you're
1: right you're you make a very <laughs> valid point and again i know we'll wrap up here it's been a great episode i'm let you go do what you got to do uh but uh final thought um you know, with WWE and AEW, obviously these are two of the bigger companies, uh, mm-hmm. two most notable companies. But I think people have to put that aside right now. And instead of saying, oh, they're ex-WWE guys or this, that, again, like you said, these are people that are, this is a promotion for them. This is a promotion for Malachi Black. And even though people may not see that as AEW just yet because they're so young, even though they're headed in a great direction, Malachi Black is getting paid good money, I'm sure. He's, he's getting booked. He's able to have that creative control. He's living the dream right now. So why would you not want to see? They need to focus more on the individual opposed to just seeing calling it talent, going back and forth. You know, this person's doing good. They're happy. What, what's the problem? You know, well, I, well, there's no issue here.
0: There's no problem for me either. But yeah, I think what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go watch A.W. Dark Elevation. Yeah, I absolutely. i also go watch it too it is the future of our, of AW and let's continue to build on that. Lest I be a hypocrite for what I tweeted later. So
1: (laughs) no, no, you follow through. And I too, am going to watch more of the, uh, the AW dark and and elevation as well. But Marie, I want to thank you for taking time out today, hopping on the Turnbuckle Topics podcast, going over AW all out. Appreciate it.
0: Pat, thank you so much. This was so fun. So great to talk with someone about this. So Uh, have you
1: back future episode. You're going to come back or what?
0: Absolutely. All right, cool back. We can talk anything you like.
1: All right. Sounds great. Well, thanks again, Bree. And thanks again, everybody for tuning into the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. I am Pat Denine. This is Bree and we're signing off. See you next time.
0: Bye.
1: Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.